Ladies, gentlemen, and all ye in between, zest your ripest winter lemon, set your stand mixer to 120 RPS, and tell Granny Dinkums to watch her back this year, cause you ain't playing games this time. Because it's time to talk tall to me. I'm looking at you, Granny Dinkums. I am Nick McGill. And I am Omen Sade. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A recipe for deliciousness. (laughs) (laughs) In which we mix the dry ingredients of Ian Anderson's wit with the wet ingredients of Clive Bunker's stool to create a... Fancy cake that will last 50 years. Did, did you say Clive Bunker's stool? Uh, I realize in retrospect <laughs> that that sounds gross. I should have said <laughs> his underwear. Uh, <laughs> or his shirt. I'm implying that he sweats. Oh, like his drum stool, his drum throne? That's that's what I meant. Wow. Let's... let's, let's... <laughs> This week, before we get into our episode, I've got a little something something, as usual. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. We have ourselves another five-star review. Ding, 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 ding. Review alert. Review alert. Review alert. I don't think we have a sting for reviews, so that might have to be it. Oh, oh, wait. Wait, can we do one right now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> All right, this is from Mike D from Westchester, New York. My wife's old stomping grounds. Yeah, that's where Ray grew up. My old stomping grounds as well. Spent a little a little time there. Sarah Lawrence. Is that is that Westchester? Poughkeepsie? It is not in Poughkeepsie, but it is in Westchester. Where is it? Where's it's, it's in it's in Yonkers. Yonkers. That's right. It's Yonkers. I knew it, it was a silly name. This review is entitled "Not Just for Tall Fans." Dot dot dot. Hey, how optimistic of you, Mickey D. <laughs> this is less a review and more of a thank you to Nick McGill and Omen Sade. Oh. The two feckless momes responsible for this weekly podcast. Thank you for helping me rediscover my love and appreciation for the music created and performed by Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull, and for providing a few laughs along the way. Why should you give this podcast a listen? Each week is an analysis of a single song from a Tull album done in chronological order. Simple enough, right? But the exploration is done with such fun and humor that it is sure to bring a smile to your face, and I think even a non-fan would enjoy it. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Thank you, Mike D. Thank you. That is a wonderful review. And you're welcome. Yes, thank you, and you're welcome. 
And we've got one other, an email that I just want to address right quick. Yep. Your emails, sir. This is from, we'll say, another Mike D. Is this the same Mike D? It might be. I don't know. The plot thickens. Are you from Westchester, Mike D? Anyway, uh, the subject is Happy New Year and Beef Salad with Mustard. Which I, I'm assuming has to do with the, the context a bit later on. Hi, Nick and Omen. Thank you for reading my previous email during your Up To Me episode. Just to clarify for historical accuracy, the streets of New York City were not littered with burning cars in 1977. <laughs> I know, all of my fantasies. Gone. Uh. But I do remember a large mushroom cloud of marijuana smoke that was visible when the lights came up after the support act, Livingston Taylor, finished his set. Uh, And that was just one guy. (laughs) One guy, yeah, probably. Just one Uh, guy exhaling. And he also provided a link to a writer from a Jethro Tull concert from, oh gosh, let's see, what? 2003. So this oh, is what that's more yeah. updated than the than the writer that we had before. Yeah, no, this is the same one. This oh. is the only writer we had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have we already talked about that writer? You and I talked about it. We haven't discussed it in the podcast. Oh, I thought Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a pretty cool backstage writer. It's it's fairly standard what you would expect. It's there's nothing too terribly crazy. The only thing that really jumped out at us was that they had a there's specifically a part in there that says that there needs to be bottles of water flat water in the room labeled cat or something like that so they had a cat room (laughs) yeah it didn't say for our cat yeah it didn't say we need cat food and a place for a cat to sleep it just said put bottled water in the room that says cat labeled labeled cat yeah (laughs) i will provide a link to that writer in the show notes because that's really funny and fascinating to see and and it seems that's a swell idea it seems very uh very tame it really does it covers all the corners just to make sure there's no miscommunication and misunderstanding it's it just makes sense i also one thing that i particularly love about that writer is is that it has a it has a weekly menu oh yeah set out so that they don't so that they don't repeat the same dishes too often when they're going from venue to venue. And I just thought that was so sensible. Yeah. I I mean, this is 2003, so it's 30 plus years at that point. So they, they've got it. It's, it's down to a science. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just, just Mike D wraps up with PS. There's an urban legend that a demand for a quote unquote toothless prostitute was made in an early Jethro Tull backstage writer. I found no documented proof of this request, but it is out there on the internet. If anyone can find proof of that, let us know. I <laughs> thank you. Regarding the toothless prostitute, I'm going to suspect, I'm going to go ahead and and uh, make a wild guess that that was a, a a sort of a joke from some member of the band in the in the ebullient Naughty spirit of the 1970s. The japes were a flying. <laughs> Indeed, they were. <laughs> oh, great. 
yeah, I, 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 I'm not entirely sure there's, there's much of a veracity to that, but who knows? So that's great, Nick. Uh, now, do we have any other emails or any other housekeeping to deal with? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that for now. Great. We'll just sweep everything else under the rug and yep. deal with it later. We'll address it later in the coming weeks. Just like I do with my feelings. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, Omen. <laughs> this podcast is actually an intervention. <laughs> we're, we're all gathered here for uh, because we care about you. <laughs> so, Nick. Yes. What are we, Mike D., and the rest of the gang, listening to this week? This week, we are listening to the sequel, quote-unquote sequel, to Wondering Aloud, Wondering Again. This is so exciting for me, Nick, because I've literally never heard this song before. So I'm so jealous. I'm hearing this for the first time. So jealous. And you know what? Most listeners may also be hearing this for the first time. Who knows? Let's listen. Let's have a listen. There's the stillness of death on a deathly unliving sea. And the motor car magical world long since ceased so, to be. Omen. I, uh, I, I want to point out, before we started recording, I said that this is one of my favorite songs. And you gave me a look for it. Because I say well, that you... I say that fairly regularly. Fairly regularly, but the yeah. song is so good. I that, oof, that's a lot to process. It's in it. yeah, it's heavy. It's one of the heaviest tall songs, I think, just in terms of of content. So I I'm torn right now because on the one hand I'm like so thankful to be introduced to this song. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I almost wish that I could just have Wondering Aloud mm. without the knowledge of this song existing because this song is dark. It's very dark. And dense. There are a lot of lyrics here. Yeah, this is this is one of the densest sets of lyrics that we've seen so far. So maybe let's start with the music. Okay. It's really shockingly similar yeah. to Wondering Aloud. Yeah. The first two verses are, they kind of hint at it. Right. But that transition between the second and the third, it's it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it's this song. Well, and the major difference for me is the addition of the drums mm-hmm. and the slightly increased tempo. Yeah. Let's Let's take a minute here to listen to a quick snippet of the original, the nice, slow, steady... Really nice, beautiful, melodious one. Wondering aloud how we feel today. Last night, except the sunset, my hand in her hair. And now, and now the same section in the new version. 
We wandered through quiet lands, felt the first breath of snow. Search for the last pigeon, slate gray. I've been told. There's definitely some. There's a similarity there, and it's it goes beyond just mere coincidence. I mean, the name alone tells you that, but that when they kick into that one part, it's it's just amazing. Yeah, I'm just looking up what the word charabank. Charabank. Yeah, it's a an old bus. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So so musically, there's some really fun things. You know that he he plays. I feel like he's playing with our expectations of, on this song, in a way where it's it's so familiar mm-hmm. musically. Yep. And then so different lyrically. But there's there's some things that, that I that I just have to point out. You know, he he introduces that same little vocal laugh on one of the yeah. lines. Yeah. That's it's that's such a it's such a detail. Mm-hmm. But it's it's such a, a delightful callback to to that same kind of peculiar thing that he did in the previous song. The almost almost under his breath, almost a throwaway to himself. Yeah. Like I can't believe this laugh. The little <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The smell. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, he he really he really goes in strong on on the imagery, the the What's the sound version of imagery? The sound, I guess. It's... <laughs> on the sound that we heard in Wondering Aloud. Yeah. He takes it and it's not just it's not just a, a rough idea like it's this is an evolution of that song. So Nick. Moment. What is this song about? This is the this goes hand in hand, I think, with locomotive breath in terms mm-hmm. of theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see more of that later on. Like skating away is also about population growth. This is this is a post-apocalyptic nightmare. Yeah. It gets it gets really the first verse is like stuff is getting bad. The second verse is stuff is really bad and the third verse is we survived the apocalypse or did we or did we this reminds me viscerally of some of the darker short films of akira kurosawa Mm. the japanese master filmmaker Mm -hmm. he has a couple of short films there's a there's a a collection of i want to say nine films called kurosawa dreams and they're all based on actual dreams that he had and recorded and and uh, several of them are like really terrifyingly post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic, and and it 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 has that same feeling. And that was Kurosawa was what this probably this era, right? Seventies, or was he earlier than that? I think that 
at the time when he was making Dreams, which was one of the later films that he made, it probably was around this time or maybe a little bit before, but, you know, same same general time period. Kurosawa was active for for 57 years, starting in 36. Ah, much like someone else we know. Yeah. So, yeah, he was certainly around. Wouldn't be surprised if Ian Anderson had seen some of his stuff. Yeah, certainly. That's not to say that that it was an inspiration and just a thought. But it's it just goes to show that like post-apocalyptic may seem like it's a big genre now, but it's been around for a very long time. Well, it's been around since the you know I mean the in the since the Vikings in, with Valhalla. Well, there's that, but there, I mean I'm thinking of you know do you remember do you remember back in 1999 when everyone was like Y two K the Y2K. world's gonna end yeah you know when humanity also did that the year 900. And ninety nine. They thought their computers were going to crash too. Yeah, yeah. When the when the year one thousand hit. Yeah. No, it's just people people get obsessed with with numbers. It's like oh, completely man made constructs. Yeah. Although the concern the concern for the computer, I kind of understand. Sure, but I think that it's it's really more of a, it's it's less a rational. There may have been a certain rational concern about the computers not being able to deal with it, but I think it it was really more an emotional obsession with with an arbitrary number. Yeah. And we focused all of our angst on that. But this is not only post-apocalyptic, but also dystopian. Yes. Yeah. And the brainwashing government lackeys would have us say it's under control and we'll soon be on our way. Yeah. And the brainwashing government lackeys would have us say It's under control and we'll soon be on our way Oh, oh, the song. Wow. The song. <laughs> and oh, those so with no good. homes to go to, please pick yourselves whole. Yeah. And those with no homes to go to, please pick yourself holes. Jeez. I mean, how freaking timely is this? It's pretty poignant and pretty, pretty apt even now. And I really. Maybe even more so now. Was it too heavy to be included in any actual album? Like, why is this not on there? Why is this not on anything? Well, it is on this. Yeah, but this is a compilation. This is well, a compilation of a compilation, previously, though. mostly previously un, unpublished songs or uh, uh, un, unreleased songs. Who knows? I mean, who knows why? Maybe it just maybe it just didn't make the cut time-wise. Maybe it didn't fit. I guess so. You know, there's only so much it's only so much wax on a record. Yeah, and and I I think we're we're it's it's easy to 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 look for the or it's easy to think that there is some greater story behind it. Maybe that just for one reason or another, it just didn't fit in, period. Right. It's not like, oh, well, nobody's going to understand this song in 1978, you know. No, I don't think it's it's to do with that. Yeah. Now, I want to point out that there seems to be a bit of a tonal or thematic shift midway through. So the first two mega stanzas... You're saying lyrically there's a shift? Yeah. Yeah. There's the first one... 
There's a stillness of death on the deathly unliving sea. Wow, could you fit death into that sentence one more time? And then the excrement bubbles, the century's slime decays is the next stanza. The excrement bubbles, the century's slime decays. And that's describing an environment. You know, environment, outside, outside, outside environment. And then with the third stanza... We wandered through quiet lands, felt the first breath of snow. And suddenly it's talking about we, and then it's talking about she. Yeah, it's him and his his wife. Maybe. Him and the narrator's wife, maybe, yeah. I see this as them being survivors of whatever happened. I wonder. I mean, my, my also, the other thing that I'm wondering is, so we know that, he was with, he was married to Jenny Franks. Yes. During the Aqualung album. Mm-hmm. And we know that shortly thereafter, that relationship ended. Yeah. Their marriage ended. Do, on a scale of one to 10, how likely is it, do you think, that there is a note of that relationship ending in the death of this daffodil? Which she crushed mm. in the rush, heard it sigh and left it to die. Stumbled on a daffodil, which she crushed in the rush, heard it sigh and left it to die. So it is allegorically about the relationship just as much as it is population growth? I'm asking you. <laughs> I can see that. I'm not sure the time frame. I'm not sure when this was actually recorded and written, you know? It could be pre- right. it could be pre-Jenny. It could be PJ. <laughs> you know, it could be it's it, yeah. the benefit years. It totally could be. Yeah, who knows? Who knows when this is from? But it is fascinating that it goes from the the general external environmental to the specific the personal and then and then it starts and then we get the wondering bit. Uh-huh. Will a son one day be born to share in our infancy in the child's path we've worn? Wondering aloud, will a son one day be born to share in our infancy in the child's path we've I just want to go back to the just referencing the third mega stanza being a change. I think that's our act three of this. Mm. This is so cinematic, this song. It really is. That's a great way. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's why it sort of reminded me of Kurosawa. The, mm. That's a great way of, of describing it, Nick. Yeah, it's it's so descriptive. There's such strong imagery there that I don't see it any other way. And I think yeah. I think that's in between when we have that, not that the first two thirds of this song is really heavy or fast or anything, but when we have that downshift down into that third of the mega stanzas and it, it goes, it's even stronger of a reference to Wandering Aloud, that it's, that's, the smoke has cleared and this is what we see with the survivors. Like a good cinematographer... Ian has given us this this 
epic, epic wide shot yeah. in the beginning. Yep. And and this sort of montage of of horror and and dystopian futility. And then, as you say, the smoke clears and we zoom in to characters and then all the way down to this flower. Yeah. That she's cradling in her hands. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh. All right. I've got an idea. What? Go. What if. Say it. What if the flower is the allegory for a baby? Oh, she stepped on a baby. (laughs) Yep, there it is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. They're trying to have a baby. And it's 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 not as easy as literally every sitcom and movie makes it sound. Hmm. I mean, I think that the baby itself I, is perhaps <laughs> about an about allegory. A baby. <laughs> that much I acknowledge. <laughs> oh no, I was I was going to say that the that the baby is an allegory for oh. for hope. Oh, okay. Well, sure. Yeah, like what what do you have to live for if you're not well, right? looking to looking to to keep something alive whether it's yeah yourselves or a, a baby if you want to spread the spread the family and, and repopulate in a really dramatic sense also I mean this this sense of of you know will a being born into this world with no knowledge of the world do they do we really know anything more than they do yeah that we're you know, how capable are we with all of our quote-unquote experience as opposed to someone who just has arrived in this world? You know, we're just as, we're, we are babies, essentially. We have no clue how to be. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at what we did with the earth. We, we can't have, right. That's why we can't have nice things. I just love the, in the aging seclusion of this earth that our birth did surprise will open his eyes. Yeah. Wow. I'm literally, l- like, literally, Nick? I have goose. I have goosebumps. It's... I have the bump of the goose. <laughs> or of, a, of the bump of the goose. A bad case of the bump of the goose. It's... Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so really beautiful. And I really... If you never heard this song before, I really recommend reading along the lyrics. Yeah. Or listen to it once with no lyrics, listen to it again with no lyrics, take a week off to process, come back, listen to it on a secluded beach, one more time, no lyrics, and then go home, pour yourself a stiff drink, read the lyrics with no music, and then when you're ready, after consulting a priest, sit down in a courtroom with a stenographer present, listen to the song, and read the lyrics at the same time, if you dare. That was a journey. I would have said the song is a journey. It is. Listen to the song while getting the lyrics tattooed onto your body. <laughs> but listen to the song on a on a really slowed down track so that the the rate of tattooing matches up with the play of the song. Oh. It'll sound like whale song. <laughs> but it's way better than peyote. But deep down your body will know what's going on and reject yeah. it completely. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, the trauma. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I have any other notes on this. I think we hit everything. 
yeah, just it's very dense. And uh, the the one, two, three, the fourth line it says incestuous ancestries share a bank ride, spawning new Say millions. Say that ten times, man. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, I barely said it the first time. <laughs> incestuous ancestries share a bank ride, spawning new millions throws the world on its side. So a share a bank is an old, an old version of a. Of a leisure bus, essentially, is what I saw. Right. An open-top bus that can fit a bunch of people and clatters along. And it's it's a term that originally applied to, like, a horse-drawn cart. And then yes. just got brought over into to be used as a, as a bus. Like so many things did. Yeah. Yeah, why, why invent a new word? It's doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was content- do you, anything in particular you want to talk musically about this? I think we covered it. Yeah, I think it, I think it fits in. It is just, it is a really beautiful sounding song. It is. If you can get away with not absorbing the nightmare that is the lyric part, like it's just a gorgeous song. I envy those who don't speak English and have never looked up a translation to this song. Yeah. It's really cool that, I got to experience that we all got to experience this firsthand with your never having heard this before. Well, if every one of our listeners contributes $1,000, I could afford to have a medical procedure where my memory (laughs) is completely wiped and we could experience this for every song in the future, Nick. I mean, we could probably just work, work with a hypnotist. Oh, you know? yeah. If every one of our listeners contributes $1,000, we can go visit a hypnotist and then spend the other $10,000 on a vacation. <laughs> on a therapist. On a therapist. I am a massive fan of the brilliant mind that is Stephen Fry. Yes, indeed. And he tells a story where... He and Hugh Laurie worked together a ton, not just in A Bit of Fry and Laurie. They were in Jeeves and Wooster. They were in a lot of stuff. They were in the Footlights for a long time in school. Hmm. They did a lot of stuff in their early years. And one of the sketches that they had to do was they they had to... Stephen had to sing a song. And he, he can't sing. He just straight up can't sing. Sure. So he went to a hypnotist... No. To work its magic to get him to be able to sing only at the cue that came before it in the scene. Really? Yep. So, and? as a bit of a party trick after that scene, he would tell people, oh, yeah, I, I went to a therapist to be able to sing. And they, they wouldn't believe him, so he would sing the song. And then he would have to call Hugh Laurie. To have him give him the trigger, no. which is hit it, bitch, and then he could start singing. <laughs> he could only do it if it was Hugh Laurie saying it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. In the aging
Nick. Omen. So this song was a bit of doom and gloom. It was very much, yeah. And, you know, I have read that eco-anxiety is affecting us more and more every day on the emotional level, as well it should. Uh, It ought to, sure. Thank you, Greta Thunberg, for what you're doing. Keep up the fight. Indeed. One of our best listeners. Oh, my God. I'd be so happy if she listened. I really don't think that she does. But a bit of positive news. Yes. From New York City. A plastic bag ban will be going in effect in March. All of New York. All of New York State. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all of New York State. I saw a sign the other day. Hey, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's great. I detest plastic bags more than just about anything. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And if New York State can do it, you can too. Probably you already have. We can only hope. And thank you. Just buy a reusable. Come on, guys. Yeah, or you know what? You know what I've learned recently? Most bags are reusable. You can put some vegetables just on the conveyor belt in the grocery store. It doesn't need to be in a bag. That's true. Nobody cares. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what I've learned recently? You can put vegetables what? anywhere they'll fit. You, that's right. You know what I've learned recently? <laughs> what have you learned recently? If you don't have a bag with you and you go to the store and you don't put a dozen jalapenos in a bag, you can carry them back to your house. You will drop three or four of them when you get your keys out, but you can pick them back up. That's right. They're washable. They wash off. Yeah, that's all. And that's what that's one less bag. You got pockets. You've, you got you pockets? Have tiny bags in your coat. <laughs> you are a bag. <laughs> you are. You are a skin bag. Go to the grocery <laughs> store, pay for the jalapenos, eat them, carry them home in your stomach. Regurgitate some them milk as a mash home. into whatever recipe you're making. Like a mama bird. Well, that was promising and inspiring. It was beautiful. Nick. <laughs> Omen. What do we have to look forward to listening to next week? Let me try that again. Yeah, Nick, please. What do we have to look forward to listening to next week? That was closer. That was closer. I'm try it one more time. <laughs> Nick McGill. Omen. Said. What is it that we have the great pleasure of anticipating the listening to of? In half a fortnight. It is a more positive note, I hope. Life's a long song. Oh, Nick. I know that I I always judge you when you say this, but that is truly and genuinely one of my favorite. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. I think I knew that. Actually, I think I knew that. I think we've had that discussion before. It's, It's really good. I'm not going to wonder anymore what you think about this podcast, and neither will any of the other iTunes listeners, because you will so kindly go on iTunes and give us five stars and give us a rating and a review. You'll check us out at Feckless Momes on Instagram, and uh, and yeah, you'll you'll you'll, and you'll share you'll all do the love. all of that before it's too late. Oh, before you crush the the last daffodil. Of my heart, Indeed. of my emotions. It's a baby. It's a baby. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was clever, and you just pooed right all over that idea. I I think it's it's possible, Nick. No, uh, get out of here. Yeah. I don't want it. Who knows? 
Until next week, I am Omen Said. And I am begrudgingly Nick McGill. This is Talk Tall to Me. And we are feckless momes. I, I think we're almost there. I, th- I think we can make it. Oh, I, uh, I thought it was a legend, a, a myth. I didn't know it existed. Come on, come on. Get up the hill, up the hill, under this tree. Oh, uh, the door. The door. Wipe away the dust. Okay. What does it say? Read the it's, ancient tongue. It says... Oh. Oh, God. It's, it says... Talk Tull to me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes audio network. What does it all mean? I, this must be from a civilization hundreds of years ago, back when they had pigeons and daffodils. The hubris. Why, God, why?